Today on CityCast Chicago, while the Chicago Park District has been advertising that pools and beaches are reopened and there are plenty of available jobs across the city, it has been less forthcoming about an open investigation into an abusive workplace culture. What they found, or better yet, what WBEZ's Dan Mihalopoulos found, was sexual abuse allegations that stretch back decades. All of them were telling us substantially similar things, that there's a toxic workplace culture of misogyny. It's Wednesday, July 21st. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. The city's park district has been confronted with some big questions after dozens of former lifeguards alleged rampant sexual abuse while they worked there. WBEZ investigative reporter Dan Mihalopoulos has been reporting on the story, and the latest is that these accusations don't stop in Chicago. They extend north up the lakefront to Evanston. And just a warning to listeners, there will be graphic descriptions of sexual abuse. Dan, welcome to CityCast Chicago. It's my pleasure, my first time. Dan, I've been following your reporting on this for months. Can you take me back to when you first started looking into this? You know, what is your investigation uncovered? It all began in um, February of 2020. There was a message sent from a former lifeguard, from a young woman, to uh, the CEO of the Chicago Park District, a guy named Mike Kelly, uh, alleging widespread problems. Then another person wrote to Mayor Lori Lightfoot's office about a month later and told her that she herself had been sexually assaulted when she was 17. Once that second complaint that went to the mayor's office was forwarded in turn to the park district, finally at that point, the park district sends it to their inspector general and around March 20th of 2020, they initiated this investigation, which so far has found uh, evidence and led to the uh, departures from the Park District of three senior lifeguards for everything ranging from uh, sort of serial sexual harassment, abuse, like uh, groping uh, lifeguards, groping young female lifeguards. And uh, in the more serious of those three cases, according to the Inspector General, evidence found that a senior lifeguard had forced one of his underlings uh, to perform oral sex on him when he was giving her a ride home from a beach on the north side, and that he tried to rape her. I mean, that's crazy. And you're reporting on this story as you started to peel back the layers. You were talking to people who were lifeguards 40, almost 50 years ago. Were they also corroborating this story of, you know, a culture of widespread sexual abuse and harassment? Yeah, absolutely, Jacoby. Um, what happened was after we did that first story in April, which revealed the investigation going on internally at the Park District, many, many women contacted us. We re replied to all of them. We ended up uh, getting information from 11 women spanning the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, uh, up to the present date. And all of them were telling us substantially similar things, that there's a toxic workplace culture of misogyny and abuse that has been cultivated going back 
many, many decades, probably 50 years. There have been women working at the lakefront since 1969. And I think the stories that we heard go back to the early 1970s. So almost immediately, they were barraged with sexual abuse, harassment, assault. And uh, when you talk about this problem, uh, you're primarily talking about male supervisors, sometimes in their mid-20s, and the victims, or rather survivors, I should probably say, uh, being uh, young girls or women in their late teens um, to early 20s, you know, college-aged and, and late in their high school years. The Inspector General of the Park District has been looking into this investigation since March of 2020, but the mayor's office and leaders at the Park District have been largely silent up until your reporting in April. I mean, what are the the mayor's office and the Park District doing in light of these allegations now? We heard nothing from, from the Park District or the mayor's office until our story uh, came out. Um, uh, since then, uh, it's been pretty much radio silence uh, for many, many weeks. Um, the president of the Park District Board, Avis Lavelle, wouldn't call me back. The CEO, who I mentioned before, Mike Kelly, won't give an interview, won't talk about it publicly. We contacted the mayor's office, and they were punting to the Park District. Finally, when I told them that the story uh, about the women over the decades and the, the women that we interviewed uh, who had worked at the beaches and pools, they never responded to me, but they put out a statement that they blasted out to like practically everyone in town whose email they have. Like, you know, if your kids are at the, you know, camps at the park district or in par other park district programs, you would have gotten a message that, you know, if you hadn't heard or read my stories online, uh, you would probably be wondering where, where is this coming from and why is this happening now? What did they say back then was that they would hire an outside law firm for the investigation. We're suing the park district as well as the mayor's office for documents relating to this issue and to their handling of this issue, because we want to know, of course, who knew what, when, and what did they do about it before we brought it into public view? I mean, what's really unfortunate and insidious about this case is as you keep looking into it, more and more allegations keep coming out. And now we're hearing that upwards of 50 allegations have been made in Evanston. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, after we did the story in Chicago, we received tips not only from many women in Chicago over the decades, but several people approached me and, and let me know that there was a situation in Evanston that was highly similar, a petition that alleged very serious uh, wrongdoing by supervisors and managers at the beaches in Evanston. There are six beaches in Evanston, and that had been going on for at least several years, according to these young women. 56 women signed on by name, 56 uh, female lifeguards, uh, current or former, were signatories to this. After that, they gave anonymous personal stories of what had happened. And again, in the most serious cases, you're talking about rape. You're talking about uh, women who um, their bosses had sex with them, they say, when they were unconscious or intoxicated and unwilling to consent. The staff did respond. The staff did have several meetings with the organizers of the petition drive, but they kept it private for a year, and I got a copy of the petition 
just as I obtained those uh, Inspector General reports in Chicago, I got a copy of the petition in Evanston. We broke that story on Friday, and the fallout, I have to say, Jacoby, has been really, really rapid. In Evanston, it's been really, in contrast to Chicago, immediate reaction from elected officials. For one thing, at least one older woman, uh, Cicely Fleming, said that the staff didn't tell her that she learned about it from our story on Friday. Now, this has been percolating for about a year and apparently did not inform the city council as a whole. So they met actually in an emergency, uh, well, let's just say it was a special closed-door session on uh, Saturday evening. But lo and behold, uh, Monday night comes around, and they issue a statement, you know, three days after my story saying, we appreciate these women coming forward. We really need to do better by them. We're going to hire an outside lawyer, an outside firm, to conduct uh, an independent, impartial, thorough investigation. As you've been working on this story, do you feel like more survivors have felt empowered to come out and share their story because these women have come out and, and spoken up? Oh, absolutely. And I think that that was uh, what the women themselves told me. Uh, the oldest of those women that I talked to um, actually was willing to go on record ultimately by name. And uh, her name is Julie Tortorich. And um, she was saying this is exactly what she wants to do is to empower women. This happened to her when she was 16 or so, I believe, if I recall correctly. She's now, you know, a grandmother of eight who's in her 60s. I don't want to sound ignorant with this question because I know that we live in a patriarchy, that our country is deeply misogynistic and our society is ready to just brush these types of stories underneath the rug. But in your reporting, have you found that there's a particular culture inside of the park district that allow for these stories to remain silent and in the dark for so long? Yeah, I think that um, part of it is that the beaches and pools are kind of their own separate fiefdom. I mean, it's a large fiefdom. There's scores of pools, as you know, and there's, I think, 24 beaches uh, or so, uh, mostly on Lake Michigan and also at Humboldt Park Lagoon. But it's a world of its own. Uh, it was run like a fiefdom for, for many years, I think. Girls and young women, the only people that they have to complain to, perhaps, or to their knowledge at least, and, and, and the only rights that they know they have are to complain to the very people who are abusing them, harassing them, or laughing it off. WBEZ's Dan Mihalopoulos Thank you for joining us on CityCast Chicago. Jacoby, it's my pleasure. I, have, uh, I will do it anytime you guys ask me to, and I'm available. When we reached out to the Chicago Park District, they pointed us toward a statement that says Park CEO Mike Kelly took immediate action when he first learned of the allegations. The statement also says that any employee accused of misconduct were placed on emergency suspension or resigned and were placed on a do not rehire list. A little bit of news, y'all. The city gave its weekly COVID report card. And unfortunately, infections and hospitalizations are up. We also added Florida, Louisiana, Nevada, and the U.S. Virgin Islands to the COVID-19 travel advisory. The mayor warned we could see more COVID restrictions if things continue down this road. And some good news to get you through. 
We are about two weeks away from the Chicago Ducky Derby. Every year, they dump close to 70,000 rubber duckies into the Chicago River. Don't worry, we clean them all up after the race is over. You can sponsor a duck now as all funds raised go towards the Special Olympics Illinois. Remember, for more Chicago stories and events, sign up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. And while you're there, go ahead and take our audience survey. We'd love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Okay, Coolio Badulio.